the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell senior now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your Bible and hear God's life-changing word welcome to know your Bible In this session here this evening, I will be extrapolating on Elohim. Say Elohim. Elohim, E-L-O, capital E-L-O-H-I-M. Elohim, the Hebrew form which this word Elohim, God, is translated. In the Hebrew, is translated Elohim. Say Elohim. So... Elohim is translated Lord, and when you see that in your Bible, all those letters are capital. That means that he is Elohim. Now, this name Elohim, its origin is derived from the shorter word El or El, which means mighty, say mighty. Say strong. Say prominent. El also translated, is also translated God. So when you see that capital E and L, it is saying capital G-O-D. Because when they got ready to get a name for God, they could not come up with one on necessarily on their own. But what uh, revelation revealed to them is that the name God is the word Elohim. Say Elohim. Elohim. Now when you're saying Elohim, you mean mighty. He's mighty God. That's, you're saying he's Elohim. Okay. He is Elohim. He is the supreme being. Elohim, say that back to me. Is the supreme being. Okay now Elohim. Also indicates. The power of God. See God is the almighty. Sovereign being. Okay. And Elohim. Also is. Not only the supreme being. But he is the sovereign Lord of the universe. 
He's the sovereign Lord of the universe. Elohim is awesome. Now, I'm not going to be disrespectful to the Almighty One, to the Mighty One, to the Sagacious One, to the Supreme Being. But man, Elohim is bad. I think that's why I'm sort of stuck on his character because you see, in these names of God, God reveals his character through his names and what he does for his people. We saw that when we looked at Jehovah Jireh as God being our provider. And see, when you talk to Elohim, this is God. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not but one God. When it comes to the Godhead, he has revealed himself in three distinct entities. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. There are no four. I remember back in the day when Pastor Amos Terrell was alive, I think I met someone down by Lakeside, not to say that that person was a member of Lakeside. But, however, I was somewhat astounded and astonished when I was informed that there are four in the Godhead. And I said, really? He said, there is the Father, then the Son, and then the Holy Ghost, and then the Holy Spirit. I said, man, you crazy. (laughs) You crazy. So there are distinct differences between these three in the Godhead. God the Father planned redemption. Say that back to me. See, it was God the Father who planned to send Jesus to redeem us. So that's God the Father. Say, God the Son. God the Son died under the plan for redemption. Nobody but him could do it. Nobody but Jesus could have died for our sins like he did. And see, I don't know if I got it accurate today on the news or not. But allow me to say this. As I was, as always, minding my own business in my own little space in that cubbyhole over there. And if I'm not mistaken, the news was on, 5.30 CBS edition. And the black Hebrew Israelites shot up all them folk up there in New Jersey. Now, Draw near and loan me your ear. These people are crazy. Do you understand that? These people have no fear of God before their eyes. And, and, and they're just violent people that have grabbed onto a religion. And that's what these people do. Because at the end of it, they could not be born again. It's got to be something systematically wrong with these people. So stay away from them unless you can pass them a Bible track on the run. <laughs> unless you like bullets in your back. So God the Father planned redemption. Say that to me. God the, God the Son died under the redemptive plan. God the Son died under the and the Holy, Spirit and the Holy Spirit points men to Christ. And for the teaching of the Bible. 
So, so we see the Godhead, they are three, but yet they are one. They are one. So, God has revealed himself through Elohim, the mighty God, the supreme being, the Lord of the universe. Now, the awesomeness of Elohim, just like you have Jehovah Jireh, who has his certain uh, character traits, because that's how God reveals himself, through his character traits. So we have, we have uh, Elohim, and we have the rest of these names, but there are only three gods in one. Now, here the Lord is awesome. Because, now like I said, I have not studied all of them, but I'm on the way. And I am most intrigued by this one God that have manifested himself at least in three entities. I'm, I am most definitely intrigued by Jehovah. Amen. See now, that, that out, of all of his, out of all of his names, there is no name given that is stronger than Jehovah. I need some help in here. You, 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 there's no way you can get stronger than Jehovah. That makes me a Jehovah's witness. Good, good. Anybody in here got any peanuts? So, so there's no way that, that, that I cannot be a Jehovah's witness. Okay? But see, their problem, let me tell you their problem, let me break you off a piece while I'm passing this way. Their problem is they don't believe that God came in the flesh. And anyone who is not willing to deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of Antichrist. Okay? See, that's why they ain't going to be getting saved over there in no time soon. Because to confess that God did not come in the flesh is to say that Jesus is not God. And if Jesus is not God, somebody jump up right now and tell me then who is he? So Jehovah is the I am. And you see, when, when, when Jehovah put his name out there, his name obviously is first. Because just like you have Jehovah Elohim. Jehovah Jireh, you also have Jehovah Jesus. Can I get some help? So when you come up with Jehovah Jesus, you don't put Jesus in front of Jehovah. Because Jesus is the Son of God. You don't put Jireh in front of Jehovah. In other words, you don't put any of these subnames, as it were, in front of Jehovah. They got to come second. Now, when we talk about Elohim, a Jehovah Elohim, in other words, everything when you're dealing with Je Jehovah or writing it down, all of these I would say subordinate names, but really they're not inferior. Each of them is superior in his own arena. 
So it's always Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Elohim. It's never Elohim Jehovah. Man, God will reach down out of eternity and tell you, take that off of there. Okay, now, go to Psalms number 23. Like I said, Elohim is awesome. And it's, it's almost like I've been able to look into heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm still peering in that direction because God has revealed some things to me about heaven. And, and about his awesome appearance. And what God does on a continual basis. And you got to remember, it's the same God doing all this, but he is still one. Jesus said in John, I think, 1130, my father and I are one. All right. In Numbers chapter 23. I'm sorry, I meant Numbers. Yeah, maybe I got the shepherd on my heart. I probably do. Psalms 23. Okay. Numbers. Chapter 23 and verse 22. 23 and 22. You'll find these words. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a wild ox. Man, here, the, the writer is using an illustration to show you how strong God is. He has the strength of a wild ox or a unicorn. Now, when you have that kind of strength and, 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 and God is descriptive as being a unicorn, then there's no animal basically that can stand in his way to stop him or what he is trying to do. So God has this strength. And not only that, he brought Israel out. And he did not choose Israel because they were many in number. Matter of fact, they were few in number. But when God made choice of Israel, that was his own choosing. Just like this, God made choice of you. You were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world was laid. Before you ever placed in your mother's womb or came forth out of your daddy, God made choice of you. And matter of fact, and to bring that full circle, Jesus said to his disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And see, when you consider that you are chosen, God has no problem with no light bill. God has no problem with anything. So God went down into Egypt on eagle's wings and brought Israel up out of there. Are you listening? Now, Elohim basically is the one that did it. And he has the strength of a wild ox. Now, before we go another step, be aware that this wild unicorn, all of his attributes are living in you. See, you, you got to come on up and eat this, this, this hay right here because, you know, I, I'm telling you this is hay. So let me show it to you. Hey, hey, hey. Praise Jesus. Now, 
So it was Elohim that brought them out of Egypt. And he brought them out of there to bring them in. Do you realize if you were to look at the news today over in Tel Aviv, which they renamed Jerusalem, if you were to look over there today, you'll find Israel. Now you just think about this. What we're reading right here is thousands of years old. And Moses at the burning bush. All that was God all the time. And what I'm also excited and ecstatic about is that he, he included us in his plan. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. He, he included us in his plan. Now I want you to picture this. God coming out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And ain't no God nowhere. And there's no one stronger than he is. There's no one more wiser excuse me, than he is. But yet he comes out of eternity and just start making stuff. Huh? Makes the sun rise. Make the stars twinkle in the sky. Now this is the Elohim that goes throughout the galaxies. Are you listening? He goes out through the galaxies. And one of his main jobs is to clean it up. So he has an administrative job to clean this planet up. That's why God doesn't take lightly anyone who's polluting the water and all that. God ain't with them folk. Because they're messing up what Elohim has made. You got that? So you clean off your backyard before you go to bed tonight. Okay, so Elohim brought Israel out of Egypt. Say that to me. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 10. And verse 17. See God loved Israel. And God still loves Israel. But I'm so glad that he has put Israel on hold. In order to let the Gentiles in. Praise God man. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. And we are in Christ. And Christ is in us. Amen. Amen. Great is he that is in me and you than he that is in the world. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, For the Lord God, the Lord your God, is God of gods and Lord of lords. A great God, a mighty and an awesome who regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Now, right here, this is saying, this God don't play. As a matter of fact, there is no real God but this one. Now, let this get in your spirit. Get it out of your head. This, there is no real God but this one. And in my, in my early reading, it was saying that when you, when you are dealing with Jehovah, 
it is not proper to make a follow-up statement by saying that Jehovah has all power. You don't have to say that. You're wasting time. There's no need of putting him in no category because he's the God of gods. <laughs> he is the God of gods. In other words, there are no gods or there were never any gods or there won't be none after this God because there's no God like our God. There's no, there's no one like him. And if you ask yourself a question, then to whom ha can I compare him? No one. You can't compare him, no one. So you don't have to use in that context that Jehovah is the living God. No, 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 no. Mm. Don't insult God. He's the only living God. And I noticed some God is kind of ticked about that Jehovah thing. He doesn't like us playing around with that. You just say he's the Lord God Jehovah and be still. Because there's no God like our God. Let me read that too again. Let me, matter of fact, let's all read it. Verse 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God a mighty and an awesome God regarded not persons not take it reward or take no bribe. You can't bribe God. Lord if you be good to me and kind to me I'll come back to church. Lord say I'll be waiting on you. Alright. Now Jehovah is your Elohim. Make it personal. Say it back to me. So since Jehovah is your Elohim, he is mighty. He is the supreme being. He's the sovereign one. He's the Lord of the universe. So when God gets ready to take off, man, we don't know where he went. We don't know where he went. Because there's so many galaxies out there. My goodness, hallelujah, somebody. It's so, it, it's, it's, it's so many universes. And he can visit all of them at the same time. And, and the universe is still growing. You know that, right? It is still growing. It didn't stop since he started it. So then you ask yourself, where then is the edge of outer space? And, and God sits on the circle of the earth. And you won't tell him, you ain't going to sun school. That's what we're dealing with. Amen. Don't it kind of make you feel some kind of way? <laughs> Jehovah Elohim is God of gods. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Are y'all gleaning anything out of here? Every time I look at this, I get some some more more uh, chill bumps. Cause it's just amazing to me because He lives in us. 
God lives in his people. What a house, man. What a house. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. The Bible says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now the worlds were framed by God's word. He framed all this stuff up. Even put the Milky Way out there. Okay? So the worlds were framed by uh, the word of God so that things which are seen, somebody say are seen, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It's no one who has a blueprint for that pine tree out there. Huh? You don't. So the best thing you can do while you're bagging out your garage is to leave that tree alone. Okay? And, and I tell you something else. There's a pine tree right in front of this church. And if we live to be a million years old and we're picking up pine needles... Not a two of them are the same. But, could I get some help? Not a two of them are alike. There's a young lady that's a member of this church that does flowers. And I was thinking yesterday morning about our member who does flowers. And I said to her, I've seen God's creative power living inside of you. Because I don't know anybody, and I'm not casting no shade on nobody. I don't know anybody that can drag this stuff up in this church all disarrayed and put all that stuff together and can go down the street and make another one don't even look like that one. Because it's the creative power of God. Now watch this. Don't, you don't need to miss this. God oftentimes get a bad rap from bad people that tried to use him and he wouldn't let them. And what I'm talking about is this. God is the creator. I thought that had to be saying something. And the creator never has to repeat himself on whatever he does. And see a lot of times. You can tell beautiful people. Who have a beautiful spirit. Because something beautiful comes out of them. Whether it's a conversation. Whether it's the way you're treated. Beauty is on the inside. That's how you know. You got a beautiful spirit. That you're dealing with. Because they are able to make beautiful things. Or to create a, a, a room you know, move the furniture around in the room and just make it look simply beautiful. That's a gift from God. When you have beauty coming out of you, yeah, that's a God thing. I have that inside of me. I do. Oh, I do, I do. I'm not ashamed to make my boast in the Lord. 
When you have beauty inside of you, something with you ought to be able to reduce, not produce something beautiful. And you so see where God framed these worlds? Man, he framed them with something beautiful. He knew some of us were hungry. That's why he put the pineapples in Hawaii. Okay? So God framed the worlds and they were made by things which do not appear. Man, God got so many. Man, ooh, we. When you look at that little beetle bug, pink, I'm sorry, red or off red or whatever, and got those little black dots on the back, God made that. God made that. He took time and designed that little old hummingbird. He did. He said, come here, let me design you. And then let him fly off. And we even had his own family. God is beautiful. Everything that God has made. Come on talk to me. God said it's good. And see when God. Include you in his service. And, and even, even if it's ushering. Whatever it is. It's supposed to be beautiful. I know that's right. God, God don't like ugly. And just look at the fish. You know, the cover on the fish. How the fish has all those marks. Man, God made that fish. Because he makes all things beautiful in their own time. Y'all just be happy that God got his hands on you. God got his hands on you, man, and everything that comes out of you, he wants it to be beautiful. Because he's the one that framed the worlds. Isn't that something? God doesn't even want our attitude to be ugly. Want us to be loving and kind. Amen. So, in Acts chapter 17, Elohim, the mighty one, the supreme being. And it's hard to separate, uh, 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 it's, it's hard to separate Jehovah Elohim from Jehovah Jireh. It's hard because their character and the way that they act and the way that they deal with us Razor thin. Razor thin. When we're dealing with God on an issue and we deal with Jehovah Elohim on an issue, they are almost so close until you cannot divide them. Even their counsel is the same. No. I like it when one sister get happy. <laughs> Acts chapter 17. Jehovah Elohim. I like that. You'll crack somebody's head for you too. You sure will. Man, God have folk fleeing from you like you got tonsillitis or something. All right, Acts chapter 17 and commencing at verse 22. 
Jehovah Elohim. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very superstitious or religious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. God, who made the world and all things in it, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Now right here, that, that drunk out there that's falling down right now upon his car, drunk coming out of that nightclub, God made him too. Am I right about it? It's not to say that, that Jehovah Elohim is pleased with his actions. See, because at the end of the day, you keep on messing around, I'm going to tell you who's going to show up. Jehovah. And when Jehovah shows up, everything that was just playing around with the toys, all that ceases. <laughs> all of that ceases. And who's going to tell the Almighty when he's wrong? Uh, who, who, who's going to go out of this sanctuary and stand up underneath that pine tree out there and tell God how wrong he is? I don't think anybody with good sense. So God is here also to correct the actions of men. And he has no problem doing that. So he gives to all life and breath and all things. In verse 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. That's powerful right there. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations that they should seek the Lord, if perhaps they might feel after him and find him, though he is not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. You got that? So we are made in his image. Now, now think, hey, hold a pickle in the mail right there. If you like avocado, <laughs> hold it. Now think, think about this, just, just a thought. Just a thought, okay? When God decided that he would make us, listen to this, and that he would make us in his image. In his image. Why? Because he wanted us to represent him here on earth. That is why. That is why. And if we are coming up short based upon God created us, and watch this, 
God created man. When he created us, we were created in his own image. Right? Which means then, that now we can see the, the importance of being filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Here you are created in his own image. And now God fills you with the Holy Ghost. So in him we live, move, and have our being. And I really don't think that a lot of us are living up to our potential. Starting right here with me. I think folk get on our nerves and we don't want to do nothing. <laughs> but, but think about it. God didn't make us in the image of a walrus or in the image of a pigeon. or in the Im- He made us in his image because in the future he already knew that he wanted to feel that I didn't say that he was going to he still wants to feel us with the Holy Spirit so that we can walk down here and have dominion on this earth and you see how the Lord put this in him we live and move and have our being so now you're bringing my prayer life into this thing I can go to God for anything it is that I need. And he will supply my need. That's why I don't get caught up on all this pain. I'm his child. He want me to be hurting like that. Then that's on him. That ain't on me. And I think when we move God out of the way. And when I say move him out of the way. When we allow him to be who he is. Then we need to allow him to make decisions for us. And it's another thing. The next time you decide that you're going to praise the Lord, remember you made in his image. So all three of y'all ought to be praising. Spirit, soul, and body. I think we spend too much time waiting on our neighbor. Aren't you tired of waiting on your neighbor? Man, I don't need no, no, no neighbor to praise God for me. When I think about the goodness of Jesus... And when I think about all that he's done for me and all the distance that he has brought me, I can praise God for myself. I can praise God for myself. And see, my waiting on you and you got a bad attitude, you don't even like my cologne today, so you ain't going to pray for me and you ain't going to praise God with me because you got an attitude. Have you ever been close to your neighbor to find out only that they got a bad attitude today? When I was a member of the Pew Brigade at the church, and long before speaking to your neighbor was ever, you know, developed or created, I realized that my praise was my job. So when you think about what God has done for you and you praise him because of who he is and you praise him because of what he is doing, then you don't have to wait on your neighbor. And I strongly suggest that you stop waiting on your neighbor. Because you know how good God is to you. Am I right about it? Man, God helping you get them children in school. In verse 27, 
that they should seek the Lord if perhaps they might feel after him and find him, though he is not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. Well, if we made in his image, we are his offspring. We ain't got no hair to go. Am I right about it? Anybody here with a head of gold standing up? No, we're made in his image. We can do what the animals cannot do. Can't no bull go out there and bow down and say, Father, I come to thee. Uh-uh. But why don't we praise him sometimes? Is it because we don't feel like it today or is it because we are ashamed? Are you ashamed? No. You're not ashamed to praise God? No. Have you ever had somebody look at you talking about you better not? Because all on this row is a member of the stiff toe gang. <laughs> all of us are saying we don't praise God. We just stand and look at the audience. I remember one time I went to a a, 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 a Baptist church over in, in Allendale. No, it was not Mount Canaan. And I went over there and it was the pastor's anniversary. And for three years I had preached revival over there before Easter. And so I went over there because it was having his honorarium. So I was going to go over there and support him because for three years in a row he had supported me. And so I went over there to support him. I'm up on the stage. They invited, you know, little brother Caldwell up on the stage. So I walked up on the stage, and I saw a few people out there praising God and clapping their hands. Now, this is an old tradition of Baptist church. Some things you already know you don't do. And one thing you don't do is clap your hands and act happy. <laughs> There's a price to pay. So I got up there and worked up my little praise machine. I'm just clapping and, and you know, it was his anniversary. And, you know, so I, you know I, just left, um, I just left Greenwood Acres. It's been that long, been there 39 years. So that was about 20, about 20 some odd years ago. So I walked up on the stage and the choir was, the musicians were playing and I started clapping my hand because I want everybody to know that I'm happy. So I clap left and I clap right. <laughs> clap down the middle. You know, I was trying to get them involved in my little thing that I had going on. Man, the folk looked at me like, sit down. Shut all my little praise down, man. I shut my mouth and sat down. <laughs> See, when, when, when people don't know how good God been to you, and you are not ashamed to let those hands start clapping and those feet start moving, I guarantee you it will set you free to be. But a lot of times, let me tell you what happened to my little praise. It all fizzled out. It all fizzled out. Because people can sit 
on, on your praise. They can sit on you. So I find the best way to keep praising God, if your section is, is, is cold and you can't get them hot, move to the next section. Amen. Get over there with people like precious faith so you can act a fool. See, God want a fool to praise him. No. Nah. God want a fool to do what be doing all that stuff in that pew right there. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, if we, in him we live, verse 28, and move and have our being or our essence and we made in God's image, then certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like gold or silver or some carved, yeah, a stone carved by art in man's device. And the times of this ignorance, God winked, or God looked. But now commanded all men everywhere to repent and start praising him. All that men will praise the Lord. See, you don't know that I just bought a new refrigerator. But God knows it. So I'm going to get to the, praise, to, the, to the place of praise. And somebody in there not going to even know why I'm praising God. But I know. I know. And I want to praise him so hard and start sweating in my suit until he look at me and say, boy, huh, take another refrigerator. The little things God wants us to praise him for. The big things God wants us to praise him for. And if we stop being ashamed and waiting on our neighbor then we can start getting a whole lot of stuff from the Lord. A whole lot of stuff. And that's what he wants to give us. So we're not made like silver and gold. We're made like God. So that's why we ought to be giving him the praise. Because this is the one who made the world. Now Elohim is the mighty awesome power that created the vastness. Listen. Elohim created the vastness in the universe. All out there where these telescopes on TV, you know, allows us to see, God made all that. He made every bit of it. And he lives in you. So that tells me then, that tells me then that we ought to be creative. When we are creating something. If God could just show us the beauty that lies within us. Have you seen people with a certain kind of beauty. But boy they got such ugly ways. Mm -mm. I want to be beautiful inside. And I want to be beautiful on the outside. How about you? God is omnipotent. Okay. God is omnipotent. All flesh 
that have come to him for the most part has been blessed by him. Amen? And one last thing right quick. When you think about how you grew up, where you grew up, with whom you grew up, grew up, and you see God still blessing you, some of y'all are, are more blessed than your so-called classmates, those that you grew up with. You, you notice they are basically standing still. But the ideal thing in days like this when we're not Jews and we didn't build no temple to meet God at, but notice how God has made a way for us in the house of God that's dedicated to God. Then if I got blessings or I got accolades I want to give him, I need to show up here where my church membership is. I need to show up here and give him all of the kind thanks that I can give him. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm not supposed to let anything or anybody divert my attention. Mm -mm. Not going to do it. Because God is worthy of all my praise. So Jehovah Elohim, in all the vastness of outer space, the universe, the Milky Way, you know, the, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, all the Dippers, all that, that's out there that he created. And notice what he did it for. He did it for you. He did it for me. He wants us to enjoy all that he's made. But you'll never do it standing up or sitting down looking at people. So in conclusion, this Jehovah Elohim is God. He's God. He is God. He's all God all the time. And he wants us to appreciate him like he appreciates us. And I believe if we turn those praises loose just like that and, and, and own our praise. We need to own our praises. And I think we have too many soul ties at the church. Simply meaning we're waiting on somebody else to praise him. God didn't do for them what he did for me. I'm praising him right now. I'm going to praise him right now because he did this for me. He did this for my house. He, this is what he's done for me. And if you're going to be stupid enough to stand up there and look at the floor and the wall and the ushers, then you go ahead and do that. But I'm going to give him praise while I have my being. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to magnify the Lord, you know. And, and I don't have no problem looking stupid, letting praise off. I don't have no problem with that. Because while they're standing there looking at me, I'm going to be praising God. And if I get a chance, I'm going to look back at them. <laughs> ain't going to outlook me. So I trust that you would take this and that you would be real, real serious about your praise. And watch God start moving stuff out of your way. Amen. If you just praise him. If you just praise him. What you waiting on? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God for Elohim. The merciful God. Hallelujah.
Come on, praise him. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we adore you. Lord, we appreciate you. Lord, you are our God. Hallelujah. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.
Just imagine. Take a minute and just imagine what he looks like and what you're going to look like. No more need for no straightening comb. No, no perm. Huh? You ain't going to need nothing on your hair. When we shall see him, we're going to be just like him. Oftentimes, vision myself as another creature. Now, I need, I'm not trying to scare you, but what I'm, what I'm saying to you is this. What I'm, what I'm saying. <laughs> we ain't going to have no big head aliens, I tell you that. <laughs> We are going to know him when we see him because there's nobody like him. Okay? And our loved ones is like looking through a glass darkly. Uh-huh. And then face to face. Face to face. What a blessing. What a joy. And I just read to you when God raised Jesus from the dead, he gave him glory. And God has given us glory. Do you know that you've already been glorified? You're already seated in heavenly places. Do you know you've already been justified? Because when Christ was raised from the dead, he justified us. So I don't have to try to get to heaven when I'm already in heaven. And justified. Man. You still here? Yeah. A few more scriptures and I'm through. Thank God for you all. John Gospel chapter 10. John Gospel chapter 10. And key in, if you will, on verses 17 and 18. Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So everything Jesus did in the earth realm. He did what his father told him to do. He said son lay down your life. He said yes father. Are you willing to lay it down? Yes I am. Well at that appointed time. I want you to lay it down. And at that same appointed time. I want you to take it up again. Man that is powerful. And when Jesus died this unnatural death. The forces of heaven were so amazed. Because no doubt they were up there wondering. How can he die? 
He's done nothing wrong. So what is he dying for? And the answer came back for the people that are lost. So he says, you're not taking my life. I'm laying it down. Amen? Amen. And further on as Jesus went, he had a confrontation with those Pharisees. Man, I would not like to have been living in those days because I'd have had a lot of jail time. Them Pharisees were something else. Every time you turn around, they condemning you. They think they got something on you. Today we have modern day Pharisees. You can't pick them up because they're in a three-piece suit. But man, you got people that condemn you for everything you think you want to think. That's why we have to live our lives unto the Lord and not these people. These people have you all messed up. Because that's what people do. Now, the Lord knew that it would not be just a temporary sacrifice and then it would expire at some point when Jesus paid the price. That sacrifice is forever. And whatever generation rolls along, the sacrifice is available. And you see, when God forgives, he forgives on levels. What we've already done, what we have not done, and what we have done, all that's already covered. So his blood reaches the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. That blood that gives me strength, from day to day. It will never. It will never ever. Never. Lose his power. You may want God to condemn me. But he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it for you. He's not going to do it for the angels. He's not going to do it for himself. There is therefore now no condemnation. Have you ever been on the highway minding your business and somebody almost took your front end off because they cut in so closely? Don't you? What do you want to do to them people? You want to catch up with them in your car. Now, you're not thinking. You want to catch up with them in your car and wreck the back end of their car. Am I right about it? See, when people do us wrong, we want revenge. But when we are dealing with God, he doesn't want revenge. He wants reconciliation. He said, come and talk to me. I'm not going to condemn you. Come on here. And you go over there and you shed blinding tears. And the Lord is this way. He shows up with a Kleenex and starts wiping your eyes. Tear. Everything going to be all right. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Everything going to be all right. That's the kind of God he is. 
That's the kind of God he is. That's how I found him to be. And that's why I love him. His love has no expiration on it. Sometimes ours do. And sometimes if we don't show love, we'll be threatened. People are people. One last scripture. Hebrews. Chapter 9. And commencing at verse 11. The death of Christ was unnatural. I can't say that enough. He had no dog in this fight. So he jumped into it. And came out victorious. <laughs> came out victorious. Hebrews chapter 9. Are you there? Look at verse 11. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands. That is to say not of this world. That's a sanctuary that God has. And is not of this world. Verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves. But by his own blood. Here you are. You're going to jump in there. And you just got a certain amount of blood. And that's what you're willing to give up. And blood is your life. And if your body has no blood. You have to die. And you taking on this fight. That's not your fight. I'm glad he took it up. Neither by the blood of. Verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. When Jesus shed all his blood, he entered into the holy place for us, having obtained eternal redemption. See, that's why when people talk about you can be saved and lost, show it to them in the Bible. Because this right here is eternal redemption. And if it's eternal redemption, it never expires. That's why after, when you look back 2,000 years when this was happening, that's, that blood is 2,000 years old. Have you ever pricked your finger and then the blood dried out? His blood is not dried out. It's alive. It's like that woman I forget her name, but she gave some blood, Henrietta Lack. Her cells are still alive after all those years. The pharmaceutical companies took this woman's, uh, took her blood, and that blood is still alive. And the family of Henrietta Lack did not get one dime. And they have made untold billions off of her blood sample. That's the way the blood of Jesus is. It's there and it's alive. And it gives life to our spirit man. You, you, you know your spirit man is alive by the blood that Jesus shed? 
that blood God applied to your spirit. And that's how your spirit came alive. And that's why I'm up here and can't shut up. Because <laughs> God applied that blood to my spirit. And my spirit man came alive. And told me I can do all things through Christ. that strengthens me. What a revelation. What a revelation. All right. In the same thing, let me read this through, and I'm going to try to read it through and be through. Thank you all for your patience. So Christ obtained eternal redemption for me. Say that. So I can never be lost. Ever be lost. Never, ever be lost. Ain't no God on this planet can give you that guarantee. Are y'all getting this? Y'all okay? Some of y'all didn't, you just, you just looking at me. You okay? You got eternal redemption, you ought to be glad. You ain't going to hell, you ought to be glad. You, you ought to be real happy that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life right now. Right now, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. See, and I'm trying to teach this without getting into my emotions because you know what happened. I start stumbling all up on my words, but boy, do I want to shout and run. Man, do I want to run. I'm so saved. I'm so sanctified and I'll have a tambourine with me but you are sanctified and you marked out for greatness because God is your father Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. It's time to serve God in 2020. It's time to allow him to purge your conscience from dead works. Those things you've done, don't let those things condemn you. You rise up and you go on because God loves you and he has forgiven you. So it's time for you to go to work in the kingdom. Verse 15, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. <laughs> that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, which is the Old Testament, they who are called might receive the promise of eternal Inheritance. He called me out of darkness. 
He called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And declared you justified through the eternal spirit. And you can never be lost. There's a car shield commercial that comes on television. And it's, they say that it's good to take your car to car shield. Because the guarantee on their work is guaranteed to work. What Christ did at Calvary is guaranteed to work. It can never be overturned. It cannot be overridden. That will work. And it will work forever. And for every generation. There is the cross. On an old rugged cross. On a hill far away. Is where it stood. The emblem of suffering and shame. But it was there on that cross. Where the dearest and best. For a world of lost sinners was slain at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. At the cross. I've been washed. I've been made whole. I've been declared God's child. And no one can be his child. That has not been washed in the blood. You got to have the blood on you. Even animals. If they are touched by human hands. Sometimes the parent of those wild animals. Let them die. Because they've been touched by human hands. When we think about our redemption, nobody can touch that blood because it's not available to be touched. Where is it? It's up in the third heaven, right in front of the mercy seat that's right in front of the throne of God. Where are you? You're seated in heavenly places in Christ and have been given victory over anything that comes against you in this world. You've been given victory. Can you praise God with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, get on your feet and give God some praise. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your people, Lord. We thank you that we are born of your spirit and washed in the blood of the crucified one and the risen Christ. Lord, how we thank you tonight. And we glorify your name. And we thank you that Jesus was born an unnatural baby. And on the tree at Calvary, at your appointed time, he died an unnatural death. But he did it for us because you sent him to do it. You empowered him to do it. You asked him to do it. And for what he did for us, we shall be forever grateful. 
And whatever goes down with us in the future, even leaving this place through the doorway of death, we thank you that we know and we realize where we are going. We're coming to be with you. Strengthen us in this world to see the victory that you've already given us, Lord. To walk in it and to declare it and to believe it and to share it and to lift up our heads so that our forehead will not be dragging the ground like no one loves us and that we have no hope and that we have no future. Help us to see the big picture. Lord, help us. Help us to see ourselves in Christ and Christ in us. Help us, Lord. Help us to be all that you called us to be. And then, son, through the shed blood of Jesus, we pray. Amen.